0: Welcome back to winning at relationships podcast with Dr. K. I am your host, Dr. Kim Newsom. This episode on attachment styles is being shared from uh, a time when I was a guest host on the uh, midlife sex coach for women's podcast with Dr. Sonia Wright. And so I just wanted to let you know that, um, yeah, this is something that I I, I shared uh, previously, and I wanted to share it here with you. Take care. Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Kimaree Newsom, and I am the guest coach. Uh, I guess you say guest coach, podcaster, person for Dr. Sonia. And today we're going to talk about attachment styles. But before we get into that, I want to let you know a little bit about me. I am the relationship coach and the trauma coach for Dr. Sonia's programs. And I have degrees in marriage and family therapy and in human development, family studies and psychology. And so I have been working with people individuals as well as families and couples working on their different relationships in their families and developmental uh, stages and things like that for about 20 years now. And uh, yeah, I bring a a pretty vast uh, knowledge and expertise to this subject. So we're going to kind of get right into it. So people ask all the time, what is an attachment style? What does that actually mean? Well, attachment styles refer to how people think and behave in relationships, right? So somebody with secure attachment may believe that their close relationships and people are trustworthy. Somebody with insecure attachment tends to distrust people and worry about their bond with other people, now, when are these established? How does attachment come about? And when do we know what our attachment styles are and can and will be? Well, most of the time, attachment occurs in childhood. When we're children, we learn that the world is safe, that people will respond to us when we have needs, or we learn that the world is unsafe, and people really don't care about what it is that we need. And so we adapt and we decide how we will interact based on those things, right? So people who have uh, secure attachments, there are several different types. Secure attachment is the one that we want. And the person who has secure attachment engages in healthy relationships, friendships, intimate partnerships, uh, work relationships, all the relationships. They engage in them with good communication, with healthy communication, with autonomy, with freedom. They also express their needs well. They talk about what it is that they want and have an expectation that their needs are important and will be met. People who also have secure attachment have the ability to trust their partner. They are willing to uh, meet the needs of their partner and understand the autonomy that's necessary for their partner as well. Because sometimes in relationships, it it tends to look like you know people struggle uh, to have an understanding of of what it may mean and what it what it is to be independent and to have autonomy. But the person who is securely attached does really well with that. And they can find their relationships fulfilling. They're committed to the relationship, but they're independent. They're attentive, they're affectionate, and they are accepting. And they are also able, which is really important. This is so significant, y'all. When it comes to relationships, you have to be able to problem solve. You have to be able to handle conflict. You know, Dr. Sonia and I did a... A podcast on fair fighting and a part of you know the fair fighting is understanding how to deal with conflict and we often do so in the context of knowing our partner's attachment styles and we'll get there in just a second the other type of attachment if there's a secure attachment the opposite of that is insecure attachment and there are different types of of insecure attachment but when someone is is insecure in their attachment they don't engage really in in good intimacy in their relationship their communication may not be clear or effective and they may struggle with some autonomy there may be some codependency and and that sort of thing in their relationships they don't express their needs well or, or, or you know i can't say exactly right i can't say definitively that they don't express their needs well but it's likely they did not learn to express their needs well. They did not learn to trust um the world and trust people. and they they may not find their relationships fulfilling. And so one of the insecure attachment styles is the ancient ancient uh, ancient, anxious attachment style. This is where they worry about their partner's availability and commitment. So if the person is not available right when they need them at the exact time that they want them to be available, there's fear, right? They're distrustful of their partner. They don't believe that their partner is committed to their relationship. They're afraid that their partner might leave the relationship and isn't really, um, that they aren't really important in the relationship. And then they often may may you know have feelings of being incomplete without their partner And seek out excessive reassurance that they're okay, that their relationship is okay, that they are uh, needed in their relationship. And and it's possible also for there to be some jealousy uh, and struggle with jealousy when their partner has other types of connections with other people. They they, They may fear abandonment. They fear being rejected. They fear conflict. And are sometimes really sensitive to criticism and hungry for approval. And so this, this attachment style is really akin to um, people who have been abandoned. This, this happens a lot with, with people who have not uh, had secure um, trust in people around them. Their caretakers, their caregivers um, were not people that they could depend on to take care of them and to be there. And then sometimes when their caretakers were there, there was a fear that they may leave or that they have left and they, the person or the child is left to their own devices and they have to figure out life on their own. And so it makes sense that there will be distrust. It makes sense that there will be struggle in, you know, really being in relationship with someone else. There's a hunger for approval and there's a desire to be accepted and wanted, but really, They may never feel fulfilled in that. The person with the anxious attachment style may never feel like they truly fit and belong in their relationship with their partner. They may really struggle with understanding what it means to have a a partnership and to be independent and separate from their partner. Then we have the avoidant attachment style. Now, this one can come across as aloof and emotionally detached. These are people who tend to avoid intimacy. They tend to avoid the vulnerability. And often those things have been punished. When they've shown vulnerability, when they've tried to uh, create a level of intimacy with their caregiver, they have been punished for that. And that's something that they've carried on into their adult lives and may have an understanding or belief that vulnerability and emotional uh, expression will be punished and isn't accepted. And so they tend to um, avoid commitment as well um, because they're not sure what that means for them. Uh, It doesn't you know, necessarily um, make them feel safe and secure to have a committed relationship. And they often uh, spend time uh, away from their partner and, and not meaning, you know, in a, in a healthy, you know, type of way where there's separation and there's need for autonomy and freedom, but, you know, avoiding the, avoiding the relationship, uh, intimacy, avoiding the the parts of the relationship that are uncomfortable where vulnerability and things like that are involved and so people would avoid an attachment are are usually overly rigid and guarded they can seem like walls or are 18 feet high, right? And there'll never be um, a way to get in that the the boundaries are not permeable and uh, there's no way for anyone to have access to the true nature of who they are. And the reason for that is because they've been taught that to be vulnerable is to be harmed, right? And whatever that harm might look like. They also can see very distant meaning that they they may engage in a relationship um and and may uh, decide that they want to be with someone and at the same time maintain a a level of distance that uh, requires them to be as independent as possible in some relationships, right, there's a level, there's a healthy level of dependency. You want your partner to uh, remain connected to you. You want to be able to have, um, you know, intimacy regarding the the emotional connection, you know, with your partner. But someone who has an avoidant attachment really is uncomfortable with emotions and they aren't sure Uh, how to remain connected in that way, which is why they often can seem distant and and why they often spend time away uh, from their partner and not connecting with them in a genuine way. And then there's conflict. And people who are avoidant, I mean, if you think about what the word avoid means, right? It means that you shy away from or you keep yourself away from or you uh, go around, right? Um, People who are avoidant um, in their attachment styles also avoid conflict they don't want to deal with discord in the relationship right and so it's it's common that when there is a problem or a problem arises or you know there needs to be something that uh is addressed in a relationship the person with avoidant attachment will flee uh literally leave uh, the relationship and and may never come back um to it it's uh often called uh what do we call it ghosting uh nowadays now not everybody who ghosts has an attachment uh, style that's avoidant, right? That's not always the case. However, it is it is sometimes the case. And so, you know, if if something happens and there needs to be an intervention um, of some type, or you need to uh, confront someone about their um, behavior or uh, something that that is lacking in the relationship, and you'd like to work on that, if you have a partner who has an avoidant attachment style is going to be very difficult to address that conflict, even if, you know, they, they are present um, because it's possible that they may not even acknowledge that a conflict is exists. And so, um, and and they also have this difficulty in expressing their wants and needs too. And so it, it, it creates a level of discomfort when someone else is comfortable doing that. When someone else is is willing to express their wants and their needs, it makes um, the the situation uncomfortable for the person with the avoidant attachment style because now they feel like, wait, I'm not sure if I can even, you know, meet the need myself, and so um, I don't know, you know, what to do with this. And um, so there's there's a lot of a lot of uh, issues there um, with the avoidant attachment uh, style, and then you have the anxious avoidant attachment style. And this is where the person alternates between being anxious, which is, you know, worrying about the commitment and feeling incomplete without their partner and having um, the need for excessive reassurance and and struggling with jealousy to the avoidant attachment, which is being aloof and emotionally detached and avoiding intimacy and vulnerability and, and often spending time away from their partner. They simultaneously desire and distrust intimacy with their partner. And this results in this contradictory inconsistent behavior, right? It's kind of like, what, where are you? What are you doing? Who are you? Why are you showing up in this way? You know, um, I don't know what to expect from you. Um, you know, it, you disappear for days at a time, and then you come back and you're really clingy and you're wanting to be, you know, um, um, ex- reassured that everything is okay and, and those sorts of things. And so, there's a tendency toward these emotional extremes, right? And, you know, we have a spectrum of emotion, but often people who have um, anxious avoidant attachment styles either live on the all or nothing range, right? There's not a a uh, gradation in between there. And so the goal is, you know, usually for us to kind of live in the middle, you know, and, and maybe we on certain, you know, periods of time or, um, you know, certain relationships, we may lean more towards one end or the other, but that's not the case with those who have avoidant attachment, anxious avoidance, excuse me, attachment. And, and those with this attachment style also have difficulty maintaining healthy boundaries and, you know, they're prone to these high conflict relationships too. And so, You know, those are some things that we must be aware of. And I think that it's important for us to to recognize, you know, in ourselves, like, where do we fall in this, right? One thing that I think is really interesting that in the work that I've done with couples um, and families and, and all of those things, in all of the time that I've done this work, it's very common for the anxious attached and the avoidant attached to form a relationship and i've often questioned that like why why is that the case like why is it that the person who is anxious and needs reassurance and 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 always worries about the availability of their partner gravitate toward the one who avoids all of those things the the partner who is emotionally detached the partner who avoids the intimacy and the vulnerability and is guarded and uncomfortable with emotions and the same vice versa right why does the avoidant person why are they drawn to and connected with the person who is anxious which that's the person who's hungry for approval, the person who's hungry for excessive you know, reassurance and wanting to to have an emotional connection and and wanting to be told over and over again that they're good and that they're OK and that the relationship is fine. You know, I, I don't have an answer to that question, but it's just been really interesting to me how over time that is what I've seen. That is the type of connection that people have and they come to me wanting to know how to handle each other's way of relating. And so I think that it's very important to understand and know your partner's attachment style in order for you to understand the impact that it's going to have on your relationship. Having an understanding that your your, your partner avoids conflict and is uncomfortable with conflict, and is uncomfortable with emotions, and is guarded, and is distant, is going to be really, really helpful when it comes to developing a connection emotionally, developing an intimate connection. And knowing that your partner is also very anxious and you know tends to uh, require tons and tons and tons of of reassurance and they may struggle with jealousy if you have friendships with with other people that they may not be friends with or, you know, you want to spend time away from them and and that sort of thing. Having understanding of that can really, you know, help you to develop the type of relationship that you want. And it also may help you to determine whether that's a relationship that you want to continue to pursue if you're comfortable pursuing that relationship or not. And I think that that's really important for us to know. And we got to understand our own attachment style, right? We each have our own attachment style and our way of relating uh, in relationships too. And that can help us to know who we match well with. That can help us to know why we may be drawn to certain people and why we may have these issues with connecting with others, Now, a question that I get all the time is how can insecure attachment styles and people with insecure attachment styles become more secure in their attachment? And it it is possible. You can become secure in your attachment as you grow into adulthood. Now, healthy relationships require a a mix of intimacy and independence. And this is something that you definitely discuss with your partner. What is our level of, you know, time that we spend apart? What is the, you know, amount of time that we spend together? How do we balance the two? Where do you do what do you do with your friends? How do you spend time with your friends? What do I do with my friends? How do we do with our friends together, right? And so someone who is insecurely attached often struggles with that that that's a struggle, right? And, and by insecurely attached, I mean um, the avoidant and the anxious attachment and the avoidant anxious um, attachment. And it's possible though, with time and effort to really feel safe and fulfilled in relationships. And what I mean by time and effort is you learn to trust your partner. You, you learn to trust that they're going to do what they say they're going to do. And your partner is consistent in their communication with you. And is patient with you as well and you being patient with them. So some ways to do this is one, as we just talked about, learn your attachment style. You must learn your attachment style. And that comes with learning the associated thoughts and behaviors. Now, what this does is it empowers you to be able to, you know, see the trends in your relationship history and to make a plan to break those unhelpful patterns. It is a commitment. It is a a commitment to make those types of changes. And those types of changes don't always have to be made in the context of a relationship. You can do those things on your own. You can do that work before you end up in a relationship with someone. And then you must examine your beliefs about relationships just in general. And our views about relationships tend to start and get set early in life. Our family is our first socialization group. We learn how we should be treated. We learn how people of certain genders should be treated. We learn how children should be treated. We learn how people outside of our family should be treated. If you don't think your children are watching, you're sorely mistaken. Children are paying attention. And we must understand that the views that we have for uh, relationships or about relationships are important for us to investigate because we must know what is actually true about our relationships and abandoning the outdated beliefs and interpretations. We must look at the relationship we have that's right in front of us and throw out those outdated beliefs, throw out those outdated ways of thinking about relationship because if we don't then it can be very very harmful to ourselves, to our partners, And to just the future in our ability to maintain and establish relationships with others. Another way that you can work towards creating a secure attachment is to act opposite to your anxious or avoidant attachment style. What do I mean by this? Well, if you have an anxious attachment style, you try and take these little small steps toward becoming a little bit more independent. You allow yourself the space to be separate from your partner, to spend time away from your partner, and you work very hard to be okay with your partner spending time away from you. You give yourself the permission to do that. And then if you are a person who has an an avoidant attachment style try letting down your guard a bit and initiating some intimacy, not necessarily just physical intimacy, but also emotional intimacy. I think it's important for us to realize that in most relationships, if there's a physical component to that relationship, if there is not an emotional connection, then it makes it very, very difficult for there to be um, a, a physical connection for a lot of people. And so I think that that's important for us to know and to realize and to understand that we must be committed to letting down our guard and letting people in, especially, especially our partners. Another thing you can do to create a secure attachment is to increase your emotional awareness. Now you learn to express and tolerate your emotions by practicing doing so. This makes you better able to accept and empathize with those emotions that show up in your partner. You have an increased understanding because you know what it feels like on the inside to feel a certain way. This decreases reactivity to people's emotions and it increases attachment security. So increase your emotional awareness and increase a a level of self-awareness that you may not have had previously. Communicate openly and listen empathetically. You may not have had anyone who listened to you empathetically who wanted to help you see yourself in a different light, to see your experiences in a different light, to see that, yes, that was very painful what someone said about you or that was very painful what they did to you. How can I help you through that? How can I help you talk about that? Right. You may not have ever experienced that. And so if you are able to, you work towards doing so. You work toward communicating openly with your partner and listening to your partner with empathy. A secure attachment requires communicating in a respectful and open-hearted way. When conflict happens, you collaborate together, you work together with your partner so that you help each other feel understood and connected. And this is true even when you disagree. In fact, it's more important to collaborate together when you disagree because that is, is a way for you to engage securely in your connection with your partner, that it's okay to disagree and you can still be together. You can still love one another. And then another way to do this is to seek out others with healthy relationships. If you want to learn how to be in a healthy Securely attached relationship, you surround yourself with people who have done this successfully. Now, don't hear perfectly. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying successfully. These are people who have worked towards communicating openly and listening empathetically. These are people who increase their emotional awareness. These are people who are willing to engage with their partners in ways that they may not have ever tried to before. Or these are people who are already securely attached and they have the tools necessary. And so you can borrow a page out of their book, so to speak, and do this with your partner. And then you want to minimize stressors. Stress definitely can worsen attachment issues. It's like we go to that which we know. We've done a bunch of work, and I'm I'm saying the hypothetical we, We've done a bunch of work in our relationship and stress happens. We have a stressor and we go back to the way that we were. We go back to our shutting down. We go back to the excessive need for approval. What we can do here is we can be proactive by committing to self-care, knowing what we need. That's number one, committing to self-care. And then we address the conflict before it escalates and we engage in a calming manner. We give each other space. You engage with your partner to, to calm the nervous system and to create an environment where you are able to actually come back together and create peace and, and harmony again. There are lots of information um, out there about attachment and I think that it's important for us to seek out um, the help that we need. If you are wanting to work with um, a therapist or work with a coach about, um, attachment and, you know, you, you want to do so with your partner, you want to do so individually. Uh, There are lots of resources out there. And Dr. Sonia uh, told me to let you know how to reach me. uh, If you'd like to work with me in particular, you can reach me via email at Dr. Kimmery. That's D-R-K-I-M-M-E-R-Y at Dr. Special K. That's D-R-S-P-E dot com, or you can reach me on my website and that is uh, www.doctorspecialk.com all right I'm out and I appreciate you listening to me and um, have a good one take good care bye now